Welcome into the Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. I'm Robert Ash, the host of the Degenerate Gambler. This podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Move over now to the Southeastern Conference win totals for the 2021 college football season. Uh, we're going to do this one a little differently. We're going to do it by division. We'll start things off in the SEC East, and we'll start things off with the defending conference uh, division champion of the SEC East, the Florida Gators. The over-under is at nine games. Now, the Florida offense has to be rebuilt with Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, and Trayvon Grimes all uh, gone to the NFL. Now, Emory Jones has the tools to run the offense. He was the first recruit for Dan Mullen uh, to commit to Mullen once he took the Florida job as well. Uh, but he'll need some players to step up on the outside. Uh, Jacob Copeland is the leading returning receiver. Now, this is a team that's probably going to rely more on the running game than they did the last uh, two years uh, with Trask at quarterback. Uh, they've got plenty of options at running back. They include a couple of former five-stars in Clemson transfer Demarcus Bowman, Miami transfer Lorenzo Lingard. They also have uh, their starting back uh, returning uh, from a season ago as well. Um in uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, they also have guys like Naquan Wright and Malik Davis who also stepped up in roles a, a season ago. Malik Davis probably more of the receiver type. Uh, I could see him being split out quite a bit at uh, uh, on the offense for the Florida Gators. Now the defense has just four starters back. Uh, the linebackers will be the strength with Ventro Miller, uh, Mohamed Diabite, and Amari Burning. They got a couple of big-time transfers on the defensive line and Antonio Valentino. Uh, the transfer from uh, Penn State. Um, also, uh, a couple of other uh, possibilities as well. You got Brenton Cox, who, who's coming off a foot injury. He's back as well. Uh, he was a five star recruit that originally went to Georgia, transferred in, uh, played quite a bit uh, a season ago. This is a Florida team that I think uh, offensively may take a step back. Uh, when it comes to the explosiveness of the offense, uh, scoring 40-plus points a game, I'm not sure they can get to that point this season. But I also think the defense takes a major step up despite only getting four starters back uh, because of the um, uh, the fact is they couldn't be any worse than they were a season ago, so they're going to take a step forward. When you look at the Florida schedule, uh, the over-under is at nine wins. I-, I look at their schedule, I see nine wins off the bat uh, with Florida Atlantic at South Florida, Tennessee at Kentucky, Vanderbilt at South Carolina, Sanford at Missouri, and Florida State. That's nine there. Uh, to get the over, which is at plus 100, uh, Florida has to win one of three between Alabama at home, at LSU, and Georgia in Jacksonville. I think Florida gets at least one of those. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida got two of those. I think Florida is going to be a better team than most of the preseason pundits are saying. Uh, a lot of people uh, nationally are down on this Florida team, partly be- because they do draw Alabama and LSU out of the SEC West. I tend to think that Florida's going to be better than people think because I think the defense will be better. I think the offense will be fine. As long as Dan Mullen's the coach at Florida, the offense will be fine at Florida. Uh, so I think when you add those two together, I think Florida can get the over nine at plus 100. So that's going to be our pick uh, for the uh, for the Gators in the SEC East. Now, the Georgia Bulldogs are next. Their over-under is at 10.5. When you take a look at the Georgia schedule, 
Uh, I think you can find 10 wins uh, fairly easily here. I think UAB, South Carolina at Vanderbilt, Arkansas at Auburn, Kentucky, Missouri at Tennessee, Charleston Southern at Georgia Tech gets you to 10. Now, in order to get the over 10 and a half, they uh, would have to uh, win one of Florida and Clemson. And the fact is, the ten and a half, over 10 and a half is at minus 130. Uh, I think we're going to take plus 105 in the under 10 and a half because under Kirby Smart, Georgia's always laid that one egg uh, every season, it seems like. They lose that game that they have no business losing. Uh, and I think this year could happen again. I think they lose to Clemson in the season opener. In order for them to cover the over 10 and a half, they'll have to run the table. Again, they got to play Florida. Uh, but they got, you know... I got Kentucky at home. A lot of people are high on Kentucky this season. Uh, they got to go to Georgia Tech. They do have to go to Auburn. Auburn's a rebuilding team. I think the play the play probably is the over ten and a half, but the value pick is the under ten and a half. We're going to go on value with this one and take the under ten and a half at plus one hundred five, just for the value. Uh, but if you take the over ten and a half, I think you're pretty safe in doing that as well. That is at minus one thirty. Uh, by the way. Uh, now, Georgia did lose receiver George Pickens uh, to a torn ACL during spring drills. Uh, they're going to have to lean on some young receivers like Karis Jackson and Jermaine Burton along uh, with LSU transfer Eric Gilbert, who may not be eligible this season. He is still not eligible as of this moment. Um, the running game, of course, with George is always going to be good. Zamir White, James Cook will lead the way uh, for on the running on the running back side of things. The Georgia defense is being rebuilt, but they did add Clemson transfer Deion Kendrick at, at cornerback uh, to help replace uh, guys like Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell uh, on that side of the ball. So, again, our play is going to be under 10.5 for Georgia for us, but the over 10.5 at minus 130 is probably going to be the play you should make, but we're going to take the value of under 10.5 at plus 105. All right, next up, the Kentucky Wildcats. Their over-under is at 7. Kentucky uh, hasn't settled a quarterback situation yet. There's three guys battling for it. Uh, Joey Gatewood, who was there last season. Bo Allen, who's a freshman. And the Penn State transfer, Will Levis. Now, whoever wins the job will have Josh Alley to throw to. Along with Nebraska transfer, Wandale Robinson. Alley caught 54 passes last season for the uh, Wildcats. The offensive line returns three starters, uh, but the two not coming back in Drake Jackson and Landon uh, Young are going to be hard to replace. Cavassier Smoke, Chris Rodriguez Jr. should give Kentucky a potent backfield. The defense has to replace a lot from a season ago with only four starters back. They do get DeAndre Square back at linebacker, uh, but the secondary will be relatively inexperienced at the cornerback position. Uh when you look at Kentucky, also, you know, Mark Stoops has established himself as one of the top coaches in the SEC due to his ability to develop stars in the trenches. And that will give the Wildcats a puncher's chance, even against some of the better opponents on their, um, on their, in their conference schedule. Uh, the cross division game versus LSU is, is tough luck for Kentucky. Uh, the Georgia uh, game taking place in Athens. And instead of Lexington, also not the best of luck for them as well. The over-under is at 7. Over is at minus 130. I think that is the play for Kentucky. When you look at their schedule, I see eight wins in Louisa Monroe, Missouri, 
Tennessee Chattanooga, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, at Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and at Louisville. Windows 8, that's the over. So over minus 130 is the play for the Kentucky Wildcats. All right, next up is Missouri Tigers. Their over-under is also sitting at 7. When you look at their schedule, they have – actually, let's uh, talk a little bit about them first before we look at their schedule. Uh, Their cross-division game versus Texas A&M is a game uh, that's a potential loss, and it could be a deciding factor on what kind of season the Tigers have in 2020. Second-year coach Eli Drinkwitz does have a uh, quality quarterback and sophomore uh, Connor Basilak, who had a pretty good freshman campaign. They have a solid defense. Now, now the conference tilt at Boston College uh, isn't exactly scary, and that's their toughest uh, out-of-conference game uh, coming into this one. Uh, two of the top three, uh, three receivers for Missouri are gone with Damon Hazelton graduating, Jalen Knox transferring. Uh, so Kiki Chisholm will be expected to step up his production along with uh, Tuske Dove and Ohio State transfer Mookie Cooper uh, will help provide support. The offensive line returns four starters, but right tackle Larry Borum will be missed. If everyone stays healthy, the defense should have plenty of depth. Uh, and, but more big plays are needed from the defense after recording just four interceptions a year ago. You look at their schedule, I see eight wins already with their schedule in Central Michigan, Southeast Missouri State, at Boston College, Tennessee, North Texas, at Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and at Arkansas. They win those games. That gets them to eight. So over seven is the play for the Missouri Tigers at minus 130. Next up, the South Carolina Gamecocks, their over-under is at three and a half. And that's at minus 165. So you can see people are looking at South Carolina for the over three and a half. Um, when you uh, look at uh, their uh, their uh, non-conference schedule, of course, our out-of-conference game versus uh, Clemson is a loss. The other three non-conference games, Eastern Illinois at East Carolina and Troy should be wins. Uh, running back Kevin Harris uh, should help keep South Carolina from going winless in conference play, especially with Vanderbilt at home on the docket. Now, it's not likely they're going to contend for the SEC East title. Uh, but again, uh, the offense will probably be based around running back Kevin Harris. Um, there are question marks at quarterback and wide receiver for South Carolina. The offensive line should be solid. Four starters are back. They got seven starters back on defense. They do miss. Uh, they will miss J.C. Horn at cornerback and Ernest Jones at linebacker. Again, the over three and a half is at minus 165. And I think that is the play as well. Uh, South Carolina should get four wins with Eastern Illinois at East Carolina, Troy, and Vanderbilt being their four wins uh, going into the 2021 season. So over three and a half is the play for South Carolina. Next up, the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, now, Tennessee has a good uh, good chance to gather some momentum early with three home games, uh, but a contest against Pittsburgh is no guarantee. They do have to travel to Florida and Vanderbilt. They have their final three games at home due to volunteers. Uh, the quarterback battle will be fascinating watching as it leads up to uh, the season opener. Each signal caller being Harrison Bailey, Michigan transfer Joe Milton, or Virginia transfer Hayden Hooker, or even Brian Maurer. Uh, Bring something different to the offense. Now, the offense figures to be better with head coach Josh Heupel now in charge, but a lot of the skill position talent has to be replaced. That includes 
wide receiver Josh Palmer, who's off to the NFL. Uh, running backs Ty Chandler and Eric Gray both transferring. Chandler to North Carolina, Gray to Oklahoma. The defense saw three linebackers go to other schools. Uh, Texas transfer Juwan Mitchell should help that position group, however. The secondary is experienced, uh, but also is coming off a rough 2020 season, in which saw the Vols give up 266 passing yards per game and get a total of five interceptions. Um, when you look at their schedule, the over-under is at six. I see five wins on their schedule for sure in Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech. I think they uh, beat South Carolina, South Alabama, and Vanderbilt. Now, for them to get the six, they would have to either win at Kentucky, Pittsburgh at home, at Florida, at Missouri, Ole Miss, at Alabama, or Georgia. A lot of people are going on to push at um, – Minus 130. We're going to go under six at minus 110. Uh, I think five wins is probably the max for this Tennessee team. I think they'll score points, but I think they'll give up a whole bunch of points. And because of that, I think there will be in a situation in which uh, the under is the play at minus 110. And finally, it is the Vanderbilt Commodores. Their over-under is at three. Uh, Now, they are replacing... uh, their whole entire coaching staff from a season ago after uh, they were all let go. Uh, the Commodores do have an odd schedule with four of their first five games at home, followed by two on the road and three more at home before finishing off with back-to-back road games. Uh, when you look at the Commodores' uh, road games at Colorado State and at home versus Stanford are definitely going to be tricky, which could send the Commodores on either side. Uh, I think uh, when you look at first-year coach uh, Clark Lee, he'll find a spark defensively. Uh, year two with quarterback Ken Seals to prevent them from being a complete pushover. But I look at this uh, uh, Vanderbilt team, and I don't see a conference win. I see the over-under at three. I see East Tennessee State, UConn being the only wins on their schedule. At Colorado State, again, it'll be tricky. So will the home game at Stanford. I think under three is the play. Now, under three is the play for value at plus 130. The over three is at minus 140. I see, like I said, I see two wins. Maybe they get a third, and that'll be a push. So I think the value goes in the under three at plus 130. We'll take a quick break, come back, and we'll look at the uh, SEC West in just a moment. This is The Degenerate Gambler. Welcome back into The Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. As we're back now talking about the SEC West, we'll start with the Alabama Crimson Tide. They're over a, and over under is at 11 and a half. Um, now, there's some mildly tough road games for Alabama uh, with games at Texas A&M and Florida in the first couple weeks of the season. They also have a game against the Miami Hurricanes uh, to open up the season in Atlanta. That can provide a bit of a challenge as well. Alabama does close with four of their last five games at home. The offense brings back just three starters after losing a ton of talent and offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Bryce Young is going to be the quarterback. He has some big shoes to fill, but he's got John Mechie the third and Slade Bolden to help him out. Uh, G. Lil Billingsley uh, is an awesome uh, keeper at tight end. The offensive line needs to be recalibrated, but it always seems to work out for the tide. The defense sustained fewer losses, but there are still big losses, including Patrick Sertain, Christian Barmore, and Dylan Moses. Uh, but again, with Alabama, you don't worry a whole lot about their talent, uh, especially on that side of the ball. Uh, 
Alabama fans can take solace in the fact that an 11-1 season, even if it doesn't include a berth in the SEC championship game, should land the Crimson Tide into the college football playoff. You look at their schedule. Uh, they have tough games with Miami at Florida, at Texas A&M, and also LSU at home. The under 11.5 is at minus 120. That's going to be our play here because simply – Simply said, if you take the over 11.5, Alabama cannot make a mistake and can't lose a game. Uh, and again, they're replacing a lot of talent. They got some tough games early in the season with Miami and Atlanta at Florida in week three, at Texas AM in week six before the schedule lightens up considerably for Alabama at, after that point. I think the play here is under 11.5 for the Crimson Tide, and that's going to be our play at minus 120. Next up, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Their over-under is at 5.5. The Hogs took a step forward last season uh, with under Sam Pittman going 3-7, including uh, in that or two close losses, uh, a questionable loss to Auburn on the road, and also a loss at Missouri. They do pick up Georgia again for the second year in a row as they cross the division rival, uh, along with, of course, they have the Tigers, who they haven't beat since 2013. Auburn and Missouri will be toss-up games uh, for the uh, Razorbacks. Uh, also, you know, when you look at Arkansas, they return 17 starters and all. Uh, they uh, have the off- have remade the offense under Kendall Browse. The line returns intact to block for rotating uh, uh, block for uh, a running back uh, Traylon Smith. They did suffer a blow right after spring practice with Mike Woods transferring uh, to Oklahoma. They do get lead receiver Traylon Burks back. Uh, also, former Sooner uh, Jaquan Crawford has been added to the mix as well. The defense will be led by their linebackers, Grant Morgan and Bumper Pull, uh, who combined for more than 200 tackles a season ago. Now, when I look at the Arkansas schedule, I see wins over Rice, Georgia Southern, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, are the only three wins I look at, and I say they're guaranteed wins. All right. Uh, they do play Mississippi State at home, which Mississippi State's still rebuilding under Mike Leach. If you want to throw that one in there, that's four as well. Now, for them to get the over five and a half, they got to get two wins between at Ole Miss, Texas at home, A&M in Arlington, at Georgia, Auburn at home, at LSU, at Alabama, and Missouri at home. I think when I look at their schedule, I think they can get the five. I'm not sure they can get the six. Under five and a half is the play at minus 115 uh, for us here on the podcast. Uh, That's not to say they can't get the six. uh, But when you look at their schedule, I mean, they're only, like I said a moment ago, there's only three guaranteed wins, I think, on their schedule. They got to get three wins from the rest of that schedule. means three wins in conference play, which they were able to do a year ago. Uh, in a 10-game schedule. It'll be interesting to see what this team does. I think Rice is the key game for Arkansas. Now, if Arkansas comes out, blows Rice out like they should, maybe this Arkansas team has turned the corner to getting to uh, to at least a 500 record. They struggle to beat Rice. Then what's that going to say about the program uh, going forward, especially with Texas coming up the following week? Uh Plus Georgia Southern the week after that, which Georgia Southern is tough only because they run a triple option offense and it's hard to get ready for the triple option when you don't see it and only have a week to get ready for it as well. 
I think I look at her schedule, I see why it's considered one of the toughest schedules in the country. That's why we're going to go under 5.5 at minus 115. Next up is the Auburn Tigers. Uh, their over-under is at 7. Uh, now, new head coach Brian Harrison and offense coordinator Mike Boba will have their work cut out for them with uh, Bo Nix at quarterback. He's been inconsistent his whole career so far. Now, there's a small chance T.J. Finley takes over at quarterback to transfer from LSU, but I think Nix does win the job. Now, Nix did lose his top three wide receivers from a year ago. He does, however, return Tank Bigsby in the backfield, who may be the best running back in the conference. He also has Sean Shivers back there to help provide support. The defense has to be better after giving up 30-plus points in three of its final four games a season ago. Uh, they do have seven starters back. They got in a few key transfers as well. Uh, when you look at the Tigers' uh, schedule, I can see seven wins pretty much on the schedule with I actually I see six wins on the schedule with Akron at Alabama State, Georgia State, Mississippi State at South Carolina and at Arkansas. That gets into six. To get the push, they have to either beat Ole Miss, win at Penn State, at LSU, Georgia, at AM or Alabama. To get the over, they'd have to win two of those. Which is why we're going to play the under at minus 110 on Auburn at under 7. I think Auburn gets to 6 wins. And that pretty much is that for them for the uh, 2021 season. All right, next up we go to Mississippi State. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. And Mississippi State's over-under is at 6. They get 3 of their first 4 games at home. Their road game is an intriguing one at Memphis. They also get to host Alabama and LSU. They travel to Texas A&M and Auburn. Their last two games are at home. Uh, quarterback Will Rogers should be the starter. He took over late in his freshman season and did pretty good um, once he took over. Uh, year two under Mike Leach has to go better with a full, more normal offseason. Now, the Bulldogs, remember, they won their season opener at LSU 44-34 and really opened up a lot of eyes nationally. And then their, la their next four games, or next five games, they combined to score just 54 points in those five games. Now, three of the team's top four wide receivers are black back, including Jaden Wally, who impressed as a true freshman. The defense returns eight starters. They also add UCF transfer Randy Charlton up front. Linebacker Earl Thomas, the team's leading tackler last season, however, will be uh, tough to replace. Now, when you look at their schedule, I see five wins on their schedule with uh, Louisiana Tech, NC State at Memphis, Tennessee State, and at Arkansas as the five wins. The under six will be to play on this one at minus 110 because even if you say they don't win the Arkansas game, I mean, getting over six, even with the Arkansas game counted as a win, means you have to beat Two of LSU at AM, Alabama. They should win at Vanderbilt. I should have put that in there as well. That actually should put that one in there instead of the at Arkansas game because that game really is a toss up. Still, they'd have to get two between LSU at AM, Alabama, Kentucky at Arkansas, at Auburn, or Ole Miss. I think they could get one. The chance of getting two are slim. Uh, I don't want to play a push, so we're going to play the under at minus 110 for Mississippi State 
Uh, under six will be the play for the uh, Bulldogs. For some reason, we skipped LSU, so we'll go right back to the uh, Tigers. Their over-under is at eight and a half. They have a season-opening road trip to UCLA, which will be an interesting test for the Tigers if they are to rebound from a season ago. They get their final three games at home after facing Alabama in Tuscaloosa November 6th. Now, they did have a quarterback um, quarterback duel uh, going before Miles Britton broke his arm. So the quarterback position now just goes to Max Johnson. He showed some flashes in limited playing time last season. Uh, they do lose uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. and Eric Gilbert, wide receiver. However, he does return Keishon Butte, who's plenty talented. There's a new offensive coordinator at LSU and Jake Peets uh, that's going to have to revive a poor rushing attack a season ago, which managed just 122 yards per game on the ground. The defense has to be better, especially replacing defensive coordinator Bo Pelini. Uh, the past defense ranked 127th nationally a season ago. They do return cornerback Derek Stingley Jr., who may be the best defensive player in the country. It's one of eight starters returning on the defensive side of the ball. Ole Miss is over-under is at 8.5. I see wins over McNeese State, Central Michigan at Mississippi State, Auburn at Kentucky, Arkansas, and Louisiana Monroe. That gets you to 7 right there. Now, in order to get the over 8.5, they got to win 2 between at UCLA, at Alabama, Texas A&M at home, at Ole Miss. I look at it, and, and, and of course, Florida at home. And I look at it now, and I think the under 8.5 is the play at minus 120 because I'm not sure they can get two wins out of that bunch. They should be able to get one, but I'm not sure they're going to get two. I think 8-4 and four is what LSU's record's going to be, so the under 8.5 is the play on the Tigers. All right, moving on now to the Ole Miss Rebels. They're over-under is at 7.5. For Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss only has three true road games, or has just three true road games in September and October, just four overall. As November is made up of three home contests before traveling to Starkville for the Egg Bowl. Matt Corral really embraced Lane Kiffin's uh, fun offense, threw for 29 touchdowns a season ago. He will be without top targets Elijah Moore and Kenny Uboa, uh, but Dontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders are back. The offensive line returns basically intact. The running game will be led by all-purpose weapon Jerion Ely. The defense was pretty bad outside the Outback Bowl win over Indiana a season ago. They do return six starters, uh, but linebacker Jacques Jones' late transfer to Kentucky is a blow. The secondary took its lumps in 2020. Should be better this season because of experience gained from a year ago. Uh, when you look at the Ole Miss schedule, uh, the over-under is at 7.5. I see wins over Louisville, Austin P, Tulane, at Tennessee, Liberty, Vanderbilt, and at Mississippi State. That gets you uh, to 7. Yeah, so therefore, you got to find wins. One more win between LSU at home, A&M at home, at Alabama, Arkansas at home, at Auburn. I think they can get at least one of those games and get them to eight. The over seven and a half is the play at minus 135. And that will be our play as well for uh, Ole Miss at over seven and a half. 
And lastly, it's the Texas A&M Aggies. Their over-under is at 9.5. When you look at A&M, Haynes King should be the starting quarterback for a team that uh, doesn't play its first true road game until October 16th against Missouri, although they do play Colorado in Denver in Week 2. A&M gets Alabama at home October 9th. Uh, and also has two home and two road games in the month of November. There's a ton of talents on offense, a ton of talent on offense, led by a loaded backfield of Isaiah Spiller and Devon Achone, while their top five receivers do return as well, uh, including Anaya Smith. Uh, the offensive line is the biggest question mark with only one starter back. Nine starters return on a defense that was second in the nation against the run. Gave up 22 points per game. Someone, however, must replace the production and presence of linebacker uh, Buddy Johnson and defensive tackle Bobby Brown. Uh, the third, uh, the Aggies are unproven at quarterback. They do have to contend with LSU at the end of the season in Death Valley and an Ole Miss team that might force a shootout as well. So when you look at AM, uh, I look at their schedule. I see nine. I can see nine wins out of their schedule with Kent State at Colorado, uh, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State at Missouri, South Carolina, Auburn, and Prairie View A and M. That means they would have to win one of three between Alabama at Ole Miss and at LSU. I actually think the under is to play at minus one thirty, even though they could win. Uh, They could win any one of those three games I'm projecting them to lose. Uh, But I think them having to replace four starters on the offensive line, I think that's a bigger factor than than most people are talking about. I think it could keep them from hitting the over. The under 9.5 minus 130 will be the play for us with A&M. So our over-unders for the SEC, once again, are Florida over 9 at plus 100. Georgia under 10.5 at plus 105, and that one's more of a value play than anything with Georgia. Georgia probably will go 11-1, but on the value, we're going to take the under 10.5 at plus 105. Uh, Kentucky over 7 at minus 130. Missouri over 7 at minus 130. South Carolina over 3.5 at minus 165. Tennessee under 6 at minus 110. And Vanderbilt under 3 at plus 130. On the SEC West side, we're going to take Alabama under 11.5 at minus 120. Auburn under 5.5 at minus 115. Excuse me, Arkansas under 5.5 at minus 115. Auburn minus 7 at minus 110. Auburn under 7 at minus 110. Mississippi State under 6 at minus 110. LSU under 8.5 at minus 120. Ole Miss over 7.5 at minus 135. And Texas A&M. Under nine and a half at minus one thirty. So with that, we'll wrap up the podcast for today. We do thank you for listening. Remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast. You can do so with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Next week we'll have uh, the NFL over unders. We'll do those next week. So it'll be a little bit of a longer podcast. Uh, we'll do that uh, for next week. So until then, this is the Degenerate Gambler.